Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Road to Radical Visibility. My name is Rachel Freeman Sowers, and I am your host today. And I have another wonderful, kick ass guest on the show, but I'm going to need to tell you a little bit about her in just a second. If you don't already know, the Road to Radical Visibility is all about helping people in the LGBTQ+, neurodiverse, and female communities become more bold in the expression of themselves, their mission, and their truth in business and in life. One thing I didn't tell you is that I'm also known as a breakthrough bitch because these breakthroughs that I get to help people have in these communities is such an essential part of me being here on this earth and I would die without it. You're going to hear about one of those stories today from my guest. My guest is Kimberly Kern. She is a former client of mine and her story is so freaking powerful. Um, I can't tell you how many times she would send me a message and I literally would have tears streaming down my face. Just so grateful. She is a wife, a mother, a grandmother, and a person who really enjoys life and living life now more than ever before. Please help me welcome my guest, Kimberly Kern. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Hello. <laughs> so we're going to dive in like we always dive in on the show. And I'm going to ask you my number one question. What does radical visibility mean to you? For me, it means showing up for myself mm. and being in myself every day where I didn't before I was there for other people, but not for myself. So radical visibility for me is finally being me all the time. <sighs> I, I know, but that just shows you like this show is so real and raw. And I feel like it's, that is such a transformation that you have experienced. And it has been an honor to help guide you through this journey to really showing up for yourself. You know, people work with me with lots of different, for lots of different reasons, but I'm wondering what was that moment in your life that you said, this is something I need to do, or you were even like, Hey, I'm going to check this out. Um, well, I, my kids were gone. I have, and and my grandkids, and I see them a lot, but I had lost my job or moved on from my job so I was kind of floating like my kids don't need me all the time uh, and I would show up for people the way I thought they wanted me to show up mm. so at work I was one person for my kids I was a different person for my grandkids yet a different person who I thought they needed to see and not who I actually was so then when I didn't have that every day where I had to show up for somebody every day I was like well, holy shit, who am I then? If I'm, not, if I'm not their mom, if I'm not their grandma, if I'm not the Rayleigh's girl, who the hell am I then? Mm. I, I, I used to be somebody before all that. And I, you know, I wasn't always a mom and a grandma and a Rayleigh's girl and a wife. I was a me before mm. and I wanted to find me again. Mm -hmm. And I had seen, well, we have friends that are mutual. So I'd seen you in regular world. And I was like, man, I really like your energy and that the breakthrough bitch part of you that calls you out on your bullshit. Like, 
<laughs> warning, <Yeah>. warning. <laughs> so the reason you go, oh, okay, let's change the language to this because mm -hmm. I would try to justify other people's actions towards me and give them like, oh, okay, well, it must be me that's making that happen. And, I, and I'm like, mm -hmm. hey, it's not always me. And, and the boundaries, and what I realized recently is a lot of the boundaries are for me. You set up the boundaries and you think you're setting up boundaries for other people, but really those boundaries are for me. And I just like realized that after our classes and like last week, I'm like, hey, these are really boundaries about me, not about other people. And that's, then I found you and went, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this. And that when I saw your class, I'm like, okay, that's it, 100% jumping in, I need this. And I started the work, but I, I needed you to help me get past some of the stops where I was stopped at, so. Yeah, I think, I mean, you bring up some really great points that I've heard over and over and over again. And it wasn't that long ago when I did say, like on another episode, you know, the boundaries or in a post to, you know, boundaries aren't for other people, they're for us. And I used to think of boundaries a long time ago as I would build this fence, right? And it would keep people out, yes. right? Like, don't come in my space like this. I have got to protect this, right? Yes. But boundaries for me are being able to leave the gate open or the gate closed and invite people in, right? It's no longer a thing of protection. It's a thing of, of knowing where I want to be um, interacting or how I want to be interacting in the world. It's a, a boundary is to help guide my life, not to help guide other people, right? Yes. yes. And a boundary is as much about learning how you treat yourself as, a, and then a, seeing or allowing how other people treat you, you know? Yes. So boundaries is, is a huge thing. The other thing that you brought up is always taking responsibility that it's your fault. And I don't mean this in like, um, you know, a lot of times we take on this responsibility. Oh, it must be me. Oh, it must be me. Oh, it must be me. Because in our world, we're taught like it's, you know, you have to look at yourself. You better make sure that you do all these things. Yes. But it really does cause us to get in the habit into a pattern like we talked about so many yes. times of just saying, oh, it's me. It's me. What do I need to change? And then you begin to not even know who you are because you're trying to constantly be adjusting. Yeah. And people tell you from the beginning, you shouldn't feel that like you were the first person who ever told me you're an empath. Mm. And I was like, no, I'm not. I have this wall. <laughs> you really, you're like, uh, no, because this isn't like any kind of fact based. Right. I was, I was like, no, I'm not. I have this wall. Everybody thinks I'm just a hard ass. And I'm, mm. I don't, you can't break through my wall. And I'm like, I'm not an empath, but I realized I thought about it because at first I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> and then I looked it up and I thought about it and I went, you know, I think that empathic people do put up a wall because you can only take so much in. Mm. And you said that to me, you take so much in, but you don't have a release to let it go. It's okay to take people's stuff, but you can't hold it because it makes you heavy. And somebody else said something to me where they said, I feel sad. And then they change it to sadness is on me today hmm. where you can take it off mm -hmm. and not hold it all the time. And so I was like, Oh, you know, that makes so much sense where it is on you today, but it doesn't have to be on you all the time. So, you know, walking through steps with you and realizing that, 
okay, I can be who I am and I can be empathic and I can take people's stuff, but I don't have to carry it forever. It's not a suitcase full of other people's shit that I have to take with me Mm -hmm. every single place I go Mm -hmm. and weigh me down. And now I'm like, have my dolphin shirt on today because dolphins are my favorite animal. Because mm. when you ever see a sad dolphin, <laughs> well, it's very rare. It's possible, but it's very rare. It's very rare, and they're always happy, and they're doing their own thing, and they're whatever's around them. They're still swimming and playing and doing their thing, and and that stuff doesn't so much affect their world. I'm like, I don't want to be a dolphin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it's really about deciding again these are symbols you know each one of us has these symbols in our lives that really remind us I mean I did a post about my big big hoop girl earrings right yeah it's like what are the things that help you step into this leadership role of your own life even even in this like in this episode with you like how you come with such a different presence now. And I'm going to tell you something that you have no idea about. And so listen up, folks. This is what happens. People are going to be like, I'm not hanging out with Rachel Freeman's hours ever again. (laughs) So do you remember when we went on that bike ride? Yes. Okay. So Kimberly and I have, you know, we've seen each other around, but we didn't really know each other. Um, as many of you know, I ride bikes a lot. It's um, something I like to do. And so Kimberly's like, I want to go on a bike ride with you. And we went on a bike ride. And it was that moment I knew that I would work with you at some point. Oh, I knew too. Because there was just this thing about you that just wanted to release all of the shit that you had been hanging on to. Not because you wanted to, but because you were taught to, because our culture teaches us that specifically to more um, in our generation was that women, you handle this stuff, you take on this thing, you do these things and you make sure you're all of these things as well as all of these other things and make sure you don't do any of these other things, but make sure to do these things. Yeah. Right. And, and there was so much, it was just like, flowing out of you. And I thought, I want to work with her because I could see what would happen if we helped you heal, release, and be able to move through those times. You're talking about not taking on stuff from other people, right? First of all, I, as a therapist, you know, we're taught like you need to be the container for these people that come and meet with you. First of all, I am not the container for somebody else's trauma. Um, it affects you huge. Yes. Um, and you, you know, you were taught some of that same thing without even being the therapist, like as the mom, you hold all this stuff as a wife, you hold all this stuff as the grandma, you hold all this stuff as the sister, daughter, daughter. whatever. I mean, like we're getting deep into some weeds there, but yeah. You know, you're taught that these are the ways you're supposed to be handling things. The point is to allow things to flow through you and then also not to take them from the other person because sometimes it really jips them out of an opportunity to grow themselves. And there was one story that you were telling me about a family member when you're like, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to tell you how you can do this. I'm going to suggest these things. and I'm going to let you do that. Yeah. Getting you know. so much better at that, where I listen to them and say, okay, I don't hop in and go, hey, let me fix this for you, or mm-hmm. we should do this, or I, I listen and I say, 
okay, now what are you going to do about that? Mm-hmm. And they look like, what do you mean, what am I going to do about it? You're going to do something about it. You always <laughs> fix it. I'm like, mm, you know, I just don't. I'm learning how to say when it's their emergency mm-hmm. and I'm the person with the fire truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know what? Fire truck's out of gas today. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, I have my own fires and mm-hmm. you're grown. I raised you. You're all grown. Mm-hmm. And you know what you need to do in there somewhere. You mm-hmm. know. And I'm trying to, I never would have before you, I'm trying to sit back and say, okay, listen to it all. And what do you think you need to do to fix that? Mm. And they just look at me like, oh my God, you're not going to do it for me. No, you know what? You need to do it for yourself because I needed to do it for myself. And how does it feel when you're able to do that? Oh my gosh, it's so freeing. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would feel, I would feel guilty for not doing it. And now I'm like, you know what? I would feel guilty if I didn't let them figure stuff out for themselves sometimes or talk them through it. My son used to vent on me and I'd say, okay, am I listening to just listen? Am I listening to help to figure it out for you or help you? Or do I just need to hire a hitman? And he would bust up laughing. And then that would take the edge off the, oh my God, I got to tell my mom this thing. Mm -hmm. And he would just start laughing. He's like, mom, you know, we can't afford a hitman. (laughs) Okay. then. So what am I doing? Because what you tell me, especially if it's about somebody that you love or a family member, what you tell me changes my feelings about them. So I need to know if I'm listening to just listen, or if I'm listening to help you solve a problem. Well, I think too, before (laughs) when you would listen, it would change how you felt about yourself. How many of us as mothers, my daughter's 29 now feel guilty because our children are still suffering in some capacity. What didn't I do right? What didn't I do wrong? You know, but really you uh, becoming the leader and knowing yourself really does help other people begin to know themselves. It's like a mirror, right? Um, Even over the phone um, and in some other circumstances, but they're like these mirror neurons. Mm -hmm. You know, when you started getting emotional in the beginning, I became started getting emotional, right? Because we see each other, we connect with each other. Yeah. and this is a huge part about how when we lead and become the leaders in our own lives and know how we want to interact and know how we want to be received into the world or we want to put ourselves into the world, it's not about whether someone's going to reject us. Yeah. It's about, no, this is how, this is a different way of being for me. And in the beginning, the being part for you um, was a little difficult. Yeah. I don't know how I want to be. I just want to be me. And how do you find that and be that? And this class helped me so much. And, you know, even if like some of the things in the class, I would listen to it and go, that's some crap right there. But then (laughs) you think about it, you know, when you're, or I'd go back and watch it again. I'd Mm -hmm. contemplate it, go back, watch the video again and go, okay, I see it. Or I'd talk to you and say, what, what was that? And you'd say, okay, well, Let's go back to that. And mm-hmm. this is what, what that was about. And I go, oh, okay. Cause I didn't see that 
in my brain, I'm not seeing what it's about. So, and that's part of being and feeling the feelings and being empathic is everybody, 10 of us can watch the same thing and have 10 different responses. And for me, it was like, you have to have my response, of course. And now I go, no, you know, it's cool. They can have their, they saw a different thing apparently, or it felt different to them because of the past, like some of my past traumas, I had no idea were trauma to my body until, Mm -hmm. and they were so from so young that it just always was. So I didn't feel like it was trauma until you said, well, this happened and that's why this I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize that that was all connected and all stayed if you didn't figure out a way to get it. And the, the guilt and the shame, like you carry, like my mom was pregnant with me when she got married. So there was guilt and shame for her that she reflected onto me. That's not my guilt and shame. Mm. And, and carried it for forever, but didn't know that that's what I was carrying until Until you work through, peel back the layers of the onion and just peel until you go. And at the beginning, you told me this, some days are going to be really hard. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like it was super hard. I felt like I was grateful that I was getting through it. And I always knew it was there. So when you peeled it back, it wasn't, nothing came out that was shocking to me. Mm. It was there, but some of it, like, I didn't know that's why I felt that way but I knew it was there. So there was no shocking and there was no, Oh my God, how did this ever happen to me? Like, you know, cause I was worried about that at the beginning. I'm like, Oh, what are we going to find in there? <laughs> well, and I think a lot like, um, you know, we spend a lot of time trying to cover those up with like accomplishments or trying to be better people, or I always have to be a better person. And the thing that people struggle with the most is seeing the connections. Like you're saying, you know, you couldn't see how it was all connected. So it didn't make sense. So it was all truncated or compartmentalized. And when it's all compartmentalized, sometimes that helps us disconnect from ourselves more than if we were to dive in and feel it. But a lot of people and like you had experienced you're like, okay, well, this happened to me and okay, that's good. And, and it's not like we have to dive into everything that happened, but it's right. really showing that path of how you ended up here yes. and unattaching from it being yours, but something that you were taught. And again, this isn't to diss our parents. They did the best they could with whatever they had, right? That's yes. the fact. Each parent does the best they can with whatever they have. Absolutely. Um, And, but it's really to see all of the relationships and we can't step out of ourselves enough because we're so busy trying to protect, right? We're so busy trying to make sure the wall stays strong and reinforce it, reinforce it, reinforce it. Right. Yes. I'm Um, really good at compartmentalizing and mm -hmm. building that wall and to, to open the doors to the compartments and put them all in one and go, Oh, Lordy, this is a big compartment and they're all meshing together and we'll figure it out. One of my coworkers one time told me, you're like a roasted marshmallow. You're crusty and hard on the outside, but on the inside, you're just a bunch of soft goo. Like, I think there was a compliment there. So I'll take that. (laughs) It's like people telling me like, you're so intimidated or people, you know, like I've mentioned so many times online, 
gotten um, on my YouTube channel, um, especially on the shorts video, there's just a lot of hate that people are out there and oh saying gosh. things that they don't even know you. And it's like you really, once you begin to be solid within yourself and really being able to move about and and accept all of these different parts of yourself and say, you know, I'm going to love all of these parts. The, you know, the class that you're talking about is the, you know, the follow your North star program. And it really is where we start with identifying what's yours and what isn't yours and what you claim and, you know, how we're speaking our language and really seeing all the different parts of us that have been evolving or that have been created in order to keep us safe. And then the second part is really just about connecting with yourself again. Yeah. And who is the real you? Because for those of you watching and or listening, the majority of the time is the person that you think you are is not really the person who you are. Now, I'm not saying that as a hundred percent, but there are parts in each one of us that we take on things as our identity. And um, once you can see these paths or these connections, you're able to really start to disconnect from the parts that are no longer helpful because you no longer have to stay safe. And I think that was something that, that you had experienced after all of your different transitions, you're like, why is this still this stuff existing in my life? I don't want this stuff. I can't, I don't feel like I'm the person I want to be. And that really causes like a lot of tension. Oh yeah. And that tension's reflected <laughs> in relationships. It's reflected in um, our ability through anxiety and depression. Yes. Like all of this stuff is connected. It's not separate. And then the last part, truly becoming your own guide and how you were able to, to build that ultimate self-trust. And even if there is some self-doubt, you can, you know how to move through the self-doubt and arrive to the trust so much faster. It is so much faster. And great. Like I always saw the cup as half full and not half empty. And that, that half empty thing with some of my people just frustrates the heck out of me. You can fill the glass anytime you want. You can pour something into it mm-hmm. and pour positive into it. Why are you holding on to stuff that you have no control of anyway? You know, so every morning I get up, I have a gratitude book. I do gratitude. I walk my dog. I thank God for my beautiful place, mm-hmm. my flowers, what, seeing the ladybug on the leaf, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many things in your day that are beautiful mm-hmm. and so much more than are what aren't beautiful. If you have the, the, I don't know what I'm trying to say, the, the way to look at it, the way to right. be if you like, if you don't like ladybugs and you see the ladybug on the leaf, then you're irritated because the ladybug's there, but you could go, Oh my gosh, this is God's beautiful creature. And look how teeny it is or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can make it into something better always. And it's kind of like having that capacity, but what I know to be so true, and I'm going to claim this and I might get heat for it. So <laughs> I'm going to claim that right now, after all of the micro traumas that everyone has been through over the last two and a half years, three years, how things just continue to keep happening, we lose the capacity 
everything is too much. We're literally just doing the bare minimum. And unfortunately, the bare minimum turns into, oh my gosh, my life is great. Because we can't see how we're like that frog in the pot that's like slowly boiling until we're like, wait, hey, look at those other people or look at what else I want to experience or until we pay attention to some of the things. And honestly, the tension within us, that's an indicator, yeah. right? The tension within you, the sadness, the anxiety, the resentment, yes. the guilt, the shame that was in you, you didn't, you didn't want anymore. No, I didn't want it to begin with but I didn't know how to say no to it or move through it. So, and the, truly the, the pandemic has, you're right. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, you don't see anybody smile because they have a mask on. Like I went to the grocery store after mask mandates were over and they didn't have their masks on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to see your beautiful faces. And they all looked at me like, I go, this is the first time I've ever seen you without a mask on. Sorry. Just ignore the phone, everyone. We're not editing it out. It's just ringing. This is live, <laughs> right? Um, so, and they just went, oh, because I hadn't shopped at that store before pandemic. So mm-hmm. I hadn't ever seen their smiles before. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful with your smile. And they're like, what? And I go, I haven't seen your faces before this. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, or just like, touching someone in front of you to help them do something which I was a helper always mm-hmm. and and a hugger and now you go you can't hug somebody you can't touch somebody you can't go and I I was like so restricted with that like oh my gosh a whole huge part of me is demonstrative and you can't be that now because you can't touch anybody and it was just weird and now it's so better Well, and I feel like, you know, part of you, this is what, this is where people come around and what you've come around to is that, you know, that you like to do those things, right? You want to be a helper, but it's not a necessity for you to feel any way about yourself. When before helping was the driver to make you feel like you meant something to make you feel like your life was purposeful. And, you know, there's an analogy and I can't remember what I said, if I said it to you, but I usually say it to everyone, you know, if I took you and I stuck in the middle of the forest and just amongst the trees, could you be as valuable just standing there as you would be over here in your regular life? And at the beginning, the answer was no way. And at the Mm -hmm. end, the answer is, well, hell yeah. (laughs) Right. So because they were so linked to everything being about what we're doing. Exactly. And I'm here to tell you, if you answered that or you're like, Rachel, I don't even want to answer that. The fact is, is that you are as valuable standing there in the forest, doing nothing but enjoying that moment as you are doing all of the other things that honestly may be making you chronically ill, maybe yeah. making you chronically ang- anxious or depressed making you chronically overwhelmed, making you chronically tired, you know, all of these signs that are showing up that says, Hey, my, you know, your body is telling you I'm tired. I can't handle much more. And I'm, and if you're not listening, it will shut your, shut you down faster than anything else. Yeah. And especially if you're doing those things for recognition, Mm. a lot of people aren't going to recognize you for that or be grateful that you did something you have to do it from your heart and know that there's no give back from people sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
And if you are placing your value on what people give back to you, you're going to fall short because people aren't always going to recognize everybody's in their own little zone. They're not always going to recognize that you did something. So you're not going to get that instant gratification or that, oh my gosh, you're so wonderful. And if you're doing something for somebody to get that, then you're doing it for the wrong reason anyway, in my opinion. Yeah. So you, then you just do it because it makes you feel good. And if it doesn't make you feel good, then stop doing it. (laughs) Yeah. um, The likelihood of something really happening to that person, if you don't do it, is slim to none because there are other people who can do it. Exactly. I mean, we think that we're the only one that can do things. We are not the only one that can do things. And that's what makes it so beautiful. The diversity is so beautiful in the world, right? There are other practitioners, there's other therapists, there's other coaches than me that can speak to a different kind of person. Yeah. You know, people find me because they're really ready to do the work. They're sick and tired of feeling that the way, the way that they feel, and they know that there's something else. They just can't see it yet. Or they have a glimpse of it and then it goes away and then a glimpse and then it goes away. And our life shouldn't be made up of trying to get these small glimpses. You can have the glimpse and the vision and the feeling the whole time. Yeah. So so freeing. It's like, mm -hmm. whoa, when you first start feeling like this can't really be happening. Like I can't really, because you doubt it. You do doubt it when it's first coming in and then you go, Hey, Rachel's right. I can have this every day. Mm-hmm. I can feel this every day. And then you, people automatically respond in kind back. Mm. And that's like when you're bopping along and people are like, Hey, what do you got? What are you on? What, where's that come from? And I'm like, Hey, it came from Rachel. <laughs> well, it came from you. I just helped to bring it up back into the light, right? We reconnected you with your wholeness. I mean, I really appreciate all of that. And yet I am just, I, I am a guide and I, you know, I, I'm not going to be shy about being really good at what I do and being able to tune into the, to the clients that are my clients and to help them move through something and really feeling like they're not alone during this whole entire process. Um, what is now I didn't prep Kimberly for this question. So just FYI, what is the number? I mean, I know there's going to be lots, right? So what are the top two things you can, you, I don't know if it's do or what are the, uh, what am I trying to say? What are the two most impactful things that you're able to do now, or you're able to be now that have truly changed how you live your life? Oh, goodness. Um, One is just to see me every day and love myself Mm. Um, with all my flaws, with all my, I I mean, I have them. I'm not perfect. Um, And to go, you're okay. Mm. And we can do this. It's fine. Um, And to not be so defensive and so reactive. Mm. Now I can sit back and listen and go, oh, okay, well, this okay, I don't have to do anything with that. That's Mm -hmm. theirs. And I can listen and I don't have to, I always felt like I had to be on the defense. Mm -hmm. And now I don't, I don't think I ever feel on the defense anymore. I feel like, right. I'm not, I don't start my day with, okay, what's going to come at me today. And what do I have to do to block that? Now I'm like, okay, they come at me. Mm -hmm. I got you. I can do this. We got it. 
whatever happens, this is where we're supposed to be today. This mm. stuff is coming at you because it's where you're supposed to be. Mm. Is it, does my day go perfect every day? No, hell no. <laughs> I don't know if, if everyone's, I mean, like, I don't know what perfect is, first of all. So, um, but it's just knowing how you want to, how you are going to be in every moment. So it really is, people have t- heard me say over and over, it's like, you're not, um, reacting or responsive to the external environment. You already know how you're being in the world. You already know how you want to show up. So what would you tell someone who has, you know, maybe struggling to be like, Hey, I need some help or, you know, who is struggling with some of the same things that you're struggling with? What would you tell them? Um, well, I show your video about the, um, you know, my favorite little short, yeah. Uh, own your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just say, Hey, like my aunt was here and she said, um, well, I, I comparing herself to somebody else. And I said, Hey, you're you, they're them. You don't have to compare yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to find yourself and then just love yourself. And, and what they do isn't a reflection of you. And what you do isn't a reflection of them. You are you and you're beautiful in you. So look in your mirror and be beautiful in you because you're beautiful. And she said, we look just alike. I go, and I'm beautiful. So, so are you. So go with that. Like, mm-hmm. don't compare yourself so much or mm-hmm. judge yourself so much on what you think somebody else is thinking about you. You don't know what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't, they're, they might be looking at you and not even seeing you and thinking of whatever else. So if you look at them and go, Hey, they looked at me too long. So they must think my, my mascara is not right. Or my lipsticks, Mm. they're probably looking at you and they haven't even thought about any of that. So Mm. just be love yourself first. And Mm. I, I struggled with that forever. And even with you, when you'd say, you know, go here, I'm like, Mm. I don't see that. I don't see that in me, but now I do. It was always there, but Mm -hmm. finding it and keeping it, you have to want to keep it. First, you have to want to find it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't love yourself first, the love you, you can't give as much love out as as you think you do because you don't love yourself. So it's not true. You have to be truth and love yourself and then and it flows out. It just, once you get that, once you get in a line and once you understand it, like you don't have to do anything. It just flows out. And I would just say, love yourself first. Mm-hmm. And if you can't find yourself, you need my friend, Rachel, Rachel Freeman's hours. Cause she helped me find me. And it's mm-hmm. true. I mean, I know you don't mm-hmm. like to take it off. Like it is you it is a lot you because I knew it was there but I couldn't find it and you Mm -hmm. helped me open the doors to get it out and find it so it is about you too and having somebody even if it's not Rachel because maybe somebody wouldn't connect with you but Mm -hmm. they need another person right yeah find who you need Mm -hmm. to find to help you find yourself and learn to just I love yourself with your flaws you know I've I was told all the time, well, you're so beautiful, but you'd be so much more beautiful if you, if you lost weight. Mm. 
I still have this face. I still have this heart. Mm-hmm. And the weight is, I think sometimes, um, is the wall. Mm. You have, I have the weight because it is the wall. It keeps you back because mm-hmm. there's trauma that is trauma that, you know, yeah. I don't necessarily want to share, but the trauma, right. the weight keeps the people back, keeps, right. you know, it's part of the wall. And I'm not going to say like when you find yourself and when you love yourself, that weight's coming off girls. Cause that, that doesn't necessarily happen. So don't go, hey, I'm going to Rachel because once I find myself, I'm going to drop 100 pounds. Probably not. It might not happen. But it might. You don't know. But love yourself with all your flaws because mm-hmm. all your flaws are beautiful. They're, they're what makes you you. Mm-hmm. And the people that see you and truly love you, they don't see your flaws. Yeah. I think, you know... I think now you found what we can, what we'll continue to work on in the future. Um, I think that when you change, it, it's inevitable when you change the way you feel about yourself, literally everything in your life begins to change. And it doesn't mean that it changes drastically um, all the time, but what it does is that free feeling allows you to have different hormone releases. I mean, it's all scientific, right? So I just really honor you and your journey. Thank you so much for trusting yourself. If you have been listening to this pot, this show or this podcast, and you're like, hey, I have some of those same things that Kimberly was struggling with, you can feel free to reach out to me. You can schedule um, a North Star call. The link will be in the comments in the YouTube description below um, and in the podcast description there's no need to continue suffering. It's just you really trusting yourself and saying, this is the moment for me in which I'm going to choose me um, and make this investment in myself. Because when you make the investment, the amount of the investment is nothing compared to the change and the shift and the way that you get to enjoy the rest of your life, which is Um, it, it literally shifts the trajectory of how you interact in the world and how you live in the world. And, you know, you, many of you have heard since my, you know, dad had died for so long, like I'm not dying with these regrets anymore. Um, and so I've chosen a certain way to be, and you can also choose your way to be and have the life that you want to have. And if you own a business, you can also be that exact same person in your business. It's a hundred percent you a hundred percent of the time everywhere. And like Kimberly said, you know, it can be really freeing. So I just want to say thank you one more time for coming on the show slash podcast road to radical visibility, Kimberly, and sharing your story, being vulnerable and really inspiring so many other people to, Um, start paying attention to themselves and to start loving themselves more. So I'll end this video like I end every single video. Please make sure to stay true to yourself, be kind to others, and always, always, always honor the wise one that is within you. I will see you all on the next episode of Road to Radical Visibility. Bye.